hello and welcome to Geekscant, home of RPG jargon and general tomfoolery. My name is Zach, and I'm joined by my co-host, John Christian. Kazad Sakut. Nice. And uh, Troy Sandler. Uh, Gesundheit. <laughs> Mazel tov. <laughs> Mazel tov. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not using that right. Apologies, yeah. everybody. <laughs> Shalom in the home. <sighs> uh, so today um, we've got a regular. Believe it or not, it's a Sunday, and we got a regular episode coming your way. Mm. I don't believe it. Uh, but first, some news. Uh, before I, I got one little news piece. But do either of you fellows have news you'd like to chat about? Uh, no, oh, I don't man. think I have anything in particular. But the, the only thing that's close is that there was some scuttlebutt around about how uh, the Dragons of Stormwreck Isle, which is the new um, starter set, mm-hmm. is possibly mm-hmm. based around the the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon specifically. There's like a there's a, a theory over at comicbook.com that was that was floating around about how that could be um, how it could be related to that. And, I, and why? why would it be related to that? Yeah. <laughs> Their theory what, what, is that what, what connects it? It's based on some of the the tweets that had come out from uh, Wizards of the Coast and D and D Beyond about uh, how the uh, what if the what if those kids never escaped from the realm of Dungeons and Dragons and they're still there to this very day? Um, it's just some of the the back and forth that went on there. So I don't you know it's one of those you know how fan theories can go they can go completely off base. Um, but a lot of I people just, understand that that's what it may be. I've come to the decision that I despise starter sets that aren't mm. actually good ends into the hobby. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like, like uh, you're thinking like Rick and Morty, Stranger yeah. Things, the ones that don't actually connect you directly into the Dungeons, no, no, no. The Dungeons and like, Dragons mythology yes, or what? Exactly. That's it. You could even leave out that talent. The ones that don't directly connect you in, period. Mm. Because it's like, oh, you want to play D&D? Here is a dead end street, mm. right? Because go play Rick and Morty, it hits a wall, or go play um, Stranger Things, you hit a wall, which is the end of the adventure. It's like, oh, so that's D and D. It's pretending to be the characters from Stranger Things playing D and D. And where do I go from there? Well, not really anywhere because this is a self-contained thing that just points back to Stranger Things and makes a lot of Stranger Things references. It doesn't really give me. Uh, an entry point into the wider world. I certainly can't take those characters and go play a hardcover book or, you know, one of the many adventures. I can't go into adventures league with them. Like it's just a dead end. Oh, you want to play more? Well, now how about you start all over and now do it for real this time? Mm -hmm. ah, Just, I really don't like it. Hmm. I get that. That makes sense. But I mean, in this, let's say, let's say for the sake of argument, that this, if it's the the cartoon, does that not lead no. into D anD D? No, and it's a that's probably one of the worst offenders in my opinion, mm. because oh, because it just points them back to like a pop culture reference that's that nobody cares about anymore. Old. Like uh-huh. I would bet I'm one of those people who I've seen like half of an episode. And I'm like, okay, it's D&D. It's like an older version of D&D that, and it's kind of quirky mm-hmm. and fun. I don't need to watch this. Like, I'm glad that it's in our history, and I'm, I'm happy that people enjoy it. But it's not a touchstone that has any relevance anymore, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Gotcha. To the community yeah. at large, yeah. I was re-catching up on this this article or this information, the the theory. Uh, it comes from, if you look at the cover of the, the, the starter set, it looks like Hank, who was the ranger, is mm-hmm. drawing his bow and about to fire on the, yeah. uh, the dragon. And that, um, let's see, Diana, it was the acrobat, right? Mm-hmm. That Diana is using her pole arm. There's like an African-American girl it's like really tough it's tough to see it right but it looks like she's using yeah. it to pole vault I away from mind, the dragon's blast and all that kind of stuff right i don't mind if they want to give an homage to that's mm-hmm. fine i think that's actually great if you want to have you know the the pre-gens or maybe mm-hmm. right that's what i was gonna, what I was gonna say if, it, if it's the pre if, if the pre-gens are those characters and and it's it's divorced from yep perfectly the fine. 
you know, you came from the yeah. real world and you got sucked in yeah. kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be, that would be cool. Yeah. 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 I'm, I am completely down with an homage. Actually, I think that's a very appropriate thing to do. Like completely down with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we should have, if, if you're going to do homages, I think that's a great thing. And I think we should have, I don't see any reason why we couldn't have an homage to some of the greatest, uh, you know, parties or greatest series that D and D has had. Like, I think it's completely reasonable if you want to have a starter set where you run into Dritzt or you want to, you want to have a starter set that has you, your, your quest giver be somebody from Ack Inc. Mm. Or, you know, if you, I mean, shoot, I think you could even go so far since, since it's so popular right now and you've got the source books for it. I'm great with a starter set. That's all critical role. Mm. Steeped. You, because they got the the support for it, but those other two, I think, even though there's not really a whole bunch of support for an Ack Inc game, or a, or a whatever else, like, I think an homage is always appropriate, and mm-hmm. as long as well, it's genuine and all that, I I think it can go over well. I don't, yeah, I, I think it could be done with those characters. I mean, they put they put uh, the. Strongheart and War Duke and Kellick and all those in Wild Beyond the Witchlight. Mm-hmm. So if they're going, if if they did that, I I kind of feel like it's only fitting at some point that the that the kids from the cartoon make an appearance. Yeah, and you don't have to. It can be one of those things where you put them in there. The people that know know. The, yeah. the 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 new fans of today, if they don't know and don't care, it doesn't it doesn't take anything away. Yeah, but you, yeah. But you have to you have you to write even, that. If line. you want to put it on like the title page, something about like the characters presented in this mm-hmm. book are an homage to a you know the classic D and D show. Blah 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 blah. Cool, awesome. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Yeah. Well, I think that what would be even cooler though is a an intro mod, and I think it would get a lot of use, and I think people would love it is a intro mod that is an homage to the Lord of the Rings and has iconic pregens that are stand-ins for the types of characters from Lord of the Rings. Hmm. You would have like a wood elf ranger. You would have a, you know, a human fighter king person, right? You would, you just a wizard, an old gray bearded wizard, a halfling, and you just name them something, you know, similar or just kind of give a nod or just maybe even the cover just looks, you know, and you call it uh, um, a well-expected party or something like that. Right. (laughs) And you just say, you know, at the beginning cover, you just say like, this is our homage to the thing. One of the key inspirations from, for D and D because Mm -hmm. here's the thing, right? A ton of people relate their first D and D experience or the way that they approach the world is through their understanding of Tolkien's universe. Mm-hmm. Right. We can I, even use the Harry Potter series as a, as a yes, thing too, yes, right? You yeah. Strix, you can use Strixhaven as a starter set. Yeah. The first three to three to five adv- uh, uh, yeah. level are all about like a wizarding school yeah. in Dungeons yeah. and Dragons. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, I think you have to be a little bit careful that you don't come off as a parody or like. Well, that's kind of what a, I was going to get at. You know, like you mentioned uh, GoBots, yeah. you know. Yeah. But you're if right. you're like <laughs> GoBots, the Kmart Transformers, yeah. Yeah, but if you're just like, no, look, here's the thing: where we came from these things, and we want to appreciate those things, and we also understand that we still have people. There are still mm-hmm. people that are coming to D and D by way of these things and let's give them a great mm-hmm. entry point. Right. No one is coming to D and D through the cartoon series from 40 years ago. <laughs> but you know what? You're absolutely right. But I, uh, and I'm not to like to belabor this. Cause I think we'd probably need to move on at this point. We've probably beaten this horse to death, but I do wonder statistically where the entry points are like what, who are it is that's coming in. Yeah, and by and by, what entry point? I would love to know more if, if there were a way to know exactly. Did you play in AD and D? And now that there's this huge influx of new players in Fifth Edition, you feel comfortable enough to try to play it again now that you're an adult? Oh. Is and if it is, 
how many players are old school gamers that are coming back? Because we've already seen over the yeah, last, yeah. what, eight years of D&D, tons and tons are coming in. And how do they rank with the number of new players that have never played a game before yeah. versus the old school gamers that are coming back and that are repopulating? We're talking about generations of gamers that are coming in. That you got yeah. like the, the old grognards back in the day of like the, the in the seventies, yeah. early eighties, and then you got the nineties and then the early two thousands, like the different editions had their own like generation of, of gamers that were yeah. playing and they shut down at one way or at what point or another. Yeah. I'd love to know what those numbers look like. Yeah. I have a very important thing that goes right alongside that. Yeah. Uh, I'm really glad you brought that up. Today, this is this is this is a good timestamp that we can go back on. We need to title the episode something about this or something so I could go go back today. Uh, so I have I have three siblings, the youngest of which is my sister, and she called me today and is like, I just got invited to a DD game. Can you help me make my first character and tell me how to play D? Uh so uh, I spent the uh, afternoon making a character with her on D&D Beyond. Uh, so that was kind of cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. How, like, so, so, okay. Hang on, hang on. I know you got more to tell me, but like, yeah, I have to yeah, ask because yeah, I'm yeah. always fascinated. What finally sold it? Like you've been playing D anD D for a while now. Yeah, but I don't push it on. Family. No, I I get that. Yeah. But like, what was it where she's like, uh, you know what? Uh, she got invited by a, one of her friends at college, right? Like, oh. that was the thing. Oh. Is like, it was her. You know, that's that my way of doing it. I don't push. I'm here, but but I would rather people come to it on their own instead of me being like, let me grab you and pull you in. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so. Uh, I'll tell you because Troy and I have had this discussion before. I think we've all had this discussion before. Like, how do you make a character? Oh yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And so I thought for just two seconds we could do that, right? Mm-hmm. So because she was just learning and she wanted to understand the rules, typically I like to start with a background, right? That's my mm-hmm. favorite way. Sometimes race and background together, but I like saving class for later. But because we're talking about rules and she has no entry point other than video games for how to play or what it works like, right? Or video games and Lord of the Rings. Those are access points, right? Mm-hmm. We started with classes and pulled up D&D and a uh, D&D Beyond and a billion. No, it did not make a champion fighter, Veradroid, Chetcher, Mile. Um, I told her. I told her that. I told her that. Hey, specifically, I said fighters are like super basic characters, and I think even though you've never played an RPG before, you're already past them. Let's move on. That's what I said. <laughs> They're so basic. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're uh, not. You're uh, not that basic. Uh, yeah. If she wanted uh, to play a fun character, she should have played a champion. Fighter. Yeah. So, so D and D Beyond, right? So it has every. I have everything unlocked on there, which is not helpful for a first time player right mm, but we walk, through, we walk through all the classes and i just did like flavor descriptions right not mm. like here's how mechanically they work just like here's a here's how they feel right and maybe gave an example of iconic rangers or whatever right uh we get to the end and she's like i like druids rogues and sorcerers those are the ones that she was drawn to she ended up settling on rogue because the party already had two rangers in it. So I said, well, leave the nature stuff to the rangers probably, and you'll have a better time. So she picked Rogue. Here's where it went. And I'll say that she picked everything from this point forward, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So then we went to, we didn't build, she had to build a level four one because she's coming in midway through, right? Level four. Um, uh, so we, I said, all right, we know that we're playing a rogue. I don't want you to think about anything more about playing a rogue. We're Now we're going to go pick the race and background, right? So she looked through all the races, and I said, don't read into them. I don't want you to look at any of the abilities. Just pick what looks cool, and we'll go from that. Hmm. So they're playing an island hopping campaign, like an exploring islands, mapping islands. And she ended up picking a water genasi. Yeah, that was good. Took her about a minute, which was great. Really mm-hmm. fast decision. And then uh, she picked, I think the background that if, if I, if I said she picked the background that every uh, 
first time player picks, what background would that be? Hmm. Soldier was one that a lot of my players have used. The first time player though. Hmm. Folk hero. Okay. See, yeah. And bear droid saying far traveler. I, the one that I see all the time with first time people is haunted one. Oh, let's see. But that's, that's weird though, because that's, that is a, it's not really a background. That's what, because she's like, I think I want to, this back, this haunted one sounds really interesting. I'm like, mm-hmm. again, I just said, look through the names. Don't look at the abilities. Just look through mm-hmm. the names and pick one. Right. She's like, I this haunted one. I'm like, well, haunted one is like the only background that is not about what you did before, but it's about something that happened to you. Right. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, a lot of first time players like that, um, in my opinion, uh, from my experience. And so I'm like, okay, yes, yeah, so you pick haunted one. Here's the cool thing, though. So, so now she's got Haunted One, Rogue, Water Genasi. The thing that ended up connecting them all was we went back and picked our Rogue archetype, and she picked Phantom. Oh, that's cool. And what's really cool about that is I said, uh, there's some really... So we were talking about it. I'm like, there's really cool character concept in there because... You are you are a water genasi, which means you, you like live in the water a lot of the time, and you're tied to phantoms and spirits of the dead, mm. and you've got this haunted one thing. Like you're probably hearing like the cries of the drowned dead and like from shipwrecks and like like that's really cool. And like all the abilities are like called like the whales of the dead and like mm. you know like. This is like what an inter like I never really cared about the Phantom Rogue. Like I'm always like, yeah, it's fine, it's whatever. But seeing it as a water-based creature and like the idea of like your island hopping, so you're gonna be around water all the time. I'm like, that's a real that's gonna be a really fun character to play, I think. You can't wait to get back to land. So you're not because you're like you just hear it in the background. It's like the the siren song of the sea. It, uh, you hear the sound yeah. of the dead wailing over the lapping of the waves. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and what was great is that even before she picked that, she had picked obviously stealth as in a and a couple other rogue like skills. But she picked uh, insight as one of her like special skills, one of her expertise skills. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that even plays like it's interesting, right? Because I'm like, I've never seen a rogue that focused on insight that wasn't a mastermind. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's cool because what it tells me is that you've listened, you listen not only to the dead, but you also pay attention to the living. And you're kind of like this good medium midway point between the two, which is exactly the flavor of the phantom. But that's the thing. Mm. It's like new players, when they don't come in with pre- preconceived notions yeah. and they, about mechanical things, yeah. like, well, let's see, I'm a rogue and that's I'm dexterity based, so I should yeah. probably take acrobatics because that's going to beef up my acrobatics well, super high. And, and I'm not really a high wisdom, yeah. so I really shouldn't take an insight. You know, that's yeah. you kind of get stuck well, in a rut. And that's like that. I kind of like, you know, I, I did do a little bit of that once she picked her class and everything. I said, look, rogues, typically high dexterity. After that, don't worry about it. You can do whatever you want after dexterity, and you're going to have a great time as far as like mm-hmm. your next highest skill. Yep. And I said, you know, if you don't pick dexterity, you're going to get frustrated because rogues are built around sneak attack and being nimble. Um, Finesse weapons and things like yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I said, pick whatever. And so she's like, well, I really like the idea of it being wisdom. Even though I'm getting bonuses to intelligence, I think wisdom's the way to go. I'm like, great. Way to go. Awesome. Right on. Uh, and then she, she does have high charisma and intelligence and then kind of midway con and then low strength. So it's not a super abnormal build, but having high wisdom is a different take on a rogue. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, I just thought that was interesting. We can timestamp it now. And so uh, we'll know that on April 10th, 2022, maybe someone got hauled into the fold. Well, that's, that's, that's whenever that's, she began her journey. Yeah, it's a lifelong love. Yeah, yeah. I think I think with your description of of the character that it sounds really fun because I I wouldn't play it as a water genasi at this point. I would play it as somebody who 
was on one of those ships. Oh yeah. And came back. Mm. Oh yeah. Mm. You could, it, you know, and I think that's absolutely right. Like you could play at like, I think a, a more experienced player or with a more relaxed crew could definitely like tweak the race into being like a interest. I'd love to play a revenant. That mm. was, that was yeah. that, right? Like that'd be cool. We had a deal with Davy Jones to come back. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Like that. uh, anyhow, so that's cool. That was a fun evening. <clears throat> that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I hijacked your, your news. That's article, news too, right? That's news too, right? Not yeah. at all. Well, uh, I have one other piece of news before we move on. I know we're, this means we're probably gonna have a long episode cause I <laughs> think this is going to be a long <laughs> news topic, but who cares? Uh, I'll post a link here in chat for folks who, uh, who want to, See, uh, so this article came out on Friday uh, on Gizmodo, and it says mm. NFTs are here to ruin D and D. Did you guys see this? I no. saw the Twitter war that they, that stemmed from uh, this grip near. They were they were like flaming out. Uh, they were calling out drive through RPG, and I think they they hadn't even been on Twitter for very long. It's like a lot of people were saying how it's like it's interesting that your intro to Twitter and saying "Hey, everybody, here I am" is to start flaming out other uh, content creators, <laughs> publishers, and stuff like that. Yeah. So very fast rundown. Uh, Gripner has put together a team that are working on creating a blockchain backed blockchain supported NFT uh, build of let's just say D and D beyond. That's the best way of looking at this, right? Because it generates characters and magic items and things and assigns a scarcity to them. And then you, as you level up your character and input stats or input your, 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 experience and as you take on magic weapons and stuff your character nft becomes rarer and rarer and rarer and then uh you know because there's scarcity inherently in the system uh there's value to selling those and there's going to be a marketplace and then kind of to top it all off it's all built around as i understand it the idea of an organized play experience which i think is the I don't understand a lot about this, all right? So I'm going to put that out there. But I was not interested at all until I heard that last part. That it's organized play and the scarcity and the fact that there are certain magic items that may only show up once in the entire mm. existence of the, uh, of the system is crazy. Um, and then Bear Droid, you're asking, are they trying to monetize your character? I think so, but as I understand it, you own your character. So if you want to sell your character, quote unquote, sell the NFT, you're welcome to, and you can make money. Um, but mm -hmm. it's it's more about it's more about the scarcity than it, as I understand it, it's more about the created scarcity and their system being able to track that and organize it than it is you as a player making money. Mm -hmm. I kind of like that part of it, but this is still such a weird thing. And I don't, there's not a build out there. They're not launching officially for another year, I think, but like that's interesting enough that I kind of want to see what happens with it. But this Gizmodo article is obviously terrified of it and hates everything about it because <laughs> it starts off with NFTs are here to ruin DD and it doesn't get any crazier than that. Or it doesn't get any more positive than that throughout the. That's weird. Okay. Isn't it weird. I mean, yeah, I'd like. Okay, so I'm I'm reading the article. I'll read a little bit aloud here. What is Gripner? Uh, is a Web three tabletop role playing game project currently in development, led by Comer, four handpicked tech supporters, yada yada yada, preparing its game content currently, written by yada yada yada, yada et cetera, et cetera. Like I'm I'm trying to figure out like. Who gives a crap? It's an idea. That's what, that's what I think. Yeah. That's where I'm struggling. Like the whole like NFTs only matter if people are like actually see the value in them, right? Yes, exactly, exactly. 
And, and so, like, who, like, if Gripner has, well, hang on a second. Uh, as of this recording, like less than five hundred followers on Twitter. I'd yeah. have to go about and see their other socials. I don't even know how what kind of like a groundswell they've got for followership or anybody that's actually. Interested I don't think in that it. they're well, they're super. In, go ahead, Troy. The person writing it, yeah, has got some credentials. Oh yeah, mm. that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Stephen Stephen Radney McFarlane. Yeah, he wrote on D and D and Star Wars and Pathfinder, Pathfinder, and he was the lead designer on Pathfinder Two. Like, he's been a key player in almost all the big systems of the last. 15, 20 years, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't I don't know. It, it feels like, well, it, it's like I've heard people talk about and try to, you know, explain that NFTs right now are a solution looking for a problem. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like th- this is just one of, another one of those things where it's like, well, how can we – how can we use it to do something kind of interesting and cool? Well, yeah, I, I get that. I one hundred percent get that. The only thing that has piqued my interest in a different way so far is the idea of actual organized cataloged scarcity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that to me is really. That that's compelling to some extent, and I don't. That's not saying that it's compelling enough for me to mess with this yet. It's saying that my ear kind of perked up like a dog when I heard that because I'm like, oh, imagine if in AL right there was one. I'm going to use a sword, icing death, right out there, mm-hmm. and it was found it randomly appeared in you know in the 30,000 playthroughs of the essentials kit it randomly manifested as in the treasure of the dragon at the end for one person for one group mm-hmm. and now that group has icing death and their rogue took it and now they're off in the world playing with ice like that's cool you can't tell me that that's not cool and the fact that if they can catalog it and they can keep track of it and if it works to where they can say, oh, we know exactly who owns it. And we know that there's only one because everything works within our system and our system, keep, you know, is able yeah, to. I've, I've heard of this it. before. It's called Final Fantasy 11 or every other MMORPG like it, like Asheron's oh, Call. And but yes, where, yes. Where, right, but right. here's the thing. What, what that ended up doing in Final Fantasy 11 was you would have this area called the Dunes, right? Yeah, yeah. And people, like all the black mages wanted this certain oh, yeah. earring that would drop, that would yes. make them better, right? Oh, and what they sure. do is they farm. farm so what, yes. now you're talking about players Farming sitting at tables yeah. running the same exact adventure over and over and over again, hoping that one thing will drop. That is terrible and dumb. Well, <laughs> like, so, so, I think so I too. Think. So, But I'm curious. This is why they have McFarland on there is me saying he knows that. Hmm. So how are they going to navigate that? If they don't navigate it, then it's dumb and we just walk away, right? Like easy peasy. But is there a way to figure that out? I to don't know. People from, to keep people from farming it? Yeah. You just, you you know, it's kind of like you give everybody a, uh, everybody has to sign up. You have to log in as, you know, you have to dock your number yeah. Yeah. to play an adventure. And you can't, the same person, regardless of characters, can't play the same yeah. adventure multiple times. Yeah. And they, it does say in the article that you have to have a GM that's kind of, the idea is that you'll your GM has to be like an official Gripner GM, and then they log it. So the pl- individual player, as I understand it, individual players don't log progress. GMs mm-hmm. log progress that gets applied. Uh, bear droids say make items non-transferable. Yeah, I, I don't know how. Like, I don't even know that they all know how it works yet. They certainly haven't talked well, about a, that. That is a diff, That's another thing too, right? That's uh, that's another. I'll use the Final Fantasy Eleven as an example because I've got PTSD from it. But there's bind on equip and bind on pickup. Yeah. Right. Bind on pickup is it dropped and and it goes to you and there that's yes. it. It's yours yeah. forever and you can't you can sell it at a shop. But you can't sell it on a like a, a uh, the auction house or anything like that. And then bind on equip is I can carry it around as much as I want to, like a card that's in my pocket, and hand it to anybody that I want to. Sell it on the auction house, whatever. But as soon as you equip it and it goes on your person, yeah. 
Yeah. It's yours Same forever. Well, right? Like Locked that's up. how yeah. WoW works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, and I don't care for any of those games personally because of the grind. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I've played plenty of them. Uh, but at this point I, I could care less. So I really, I don't care at all about Gripner if it creates that. Right. So that, let me ask you this. So is Gripner supposed to be, they're supposed to also be the ones that are organizing the play. So as, if you play Gripner D and D stuff, right? That's what, that's kind of what I, well, I think is so, what I'm kind of confused. No, yes. Here. So, so they, are, yes. So I think the answer is yes, because they will have one of McFarland's roles is to create a setting and the adventures and organize the writers that are going to be contributing to it. So I think, yes, you need to play their content in order to get it as I understand it, but I could be completely wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and this, this is going to go one of two ways. It's going to be, it's actually going to be really, really cool. Yeah. And you'll have unique things that you can get acquire. Um, that creates awesome realistic stories for your characters and stuff like that. Or this is going to attract that type of player from adventurers league that just grinds the adventures and doesn't care about the story. They just want to, they want to speed run through every adventure to get to the thing that ruins the play for the rest of the table that wants to hear the story. It's funny that you say that because our buddy Teos is mentioned in this article, mm-hmm. yeah, and his quote is pretty on spot on, on, on spot for what I'm kind of the, like my initial gut reaction to this, and like I'm trying not to be overly judgmental yeah, yeah, no, no, no. so yeah. soon, right? But Teos has got a pretty good point here. He says it suggests a horrible, self-centered, and self-enriching concept that is anathema to the group collaboration and sense of mutual giving that makes the RPG hobby so special. Yeah, I read that quote, and again, I agree. I and, and I've known uh, McFarland. We are mild acquaintances at best, right? Mm-hmm. I've been friends with him on Facebook for a few years. We've chatted back and forth a few times. Um, got to play at one of his tables at a Winter Fantasy. I think he's a smart dude. I think he's been in the RPG industry m- longer and heavier than almost anyone right now, right? Um, he's been in the thick of things for longer than most of us have been in the sport. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so he knows that. How does he navigate it? Right. And the answer might be he doesn't. And you're right. He absolutely just is like that. Ah, it's just this other thing. And we're fine with it being this way. And, and it, yeah, it's, it's for people who don't care about the party and want to, you know, care about their character and they want to level up and, Okay, great. I'm not interested in that, but good for you. Mm-hmm. But maybe he has an idea, and I'm I'm curious to see that idea at this point. Like like I said, that's my gut reaction. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. willing to like not hurl pitchforks at him and I'll try to light his barn on fire with my torch yet. So it's like yeah. I'm willing to let it breathe a bit. But there are some some folks that I do respect their opinions on that kind of that may see more than that I'm seeing and they know, may know more than I my do, I do about the history of it than yeah than that yeah. so Anyhow. and I have I've actually played at his table too by the way yeah I I played uh he had some like an OSR Delve. yeah Delve, his, yeah he's got his own mm-hmm. game that yeah that's where yeah. I played too yeah yep. anyhow fascinating we probably should have done an episode on that because yeah, I think but, but, we're, like, you know what? we're like 40 we're, minutes into this one. Didn't we, ju- didn't we just do an episode on <laughs> I think that? we just did an episode on this, didn't we? Like just I think now? that's the episode. That's Bye, right. boys. Well, I think that there's probably, once we know more data, there'll be a real episode to have on it. Right now, mm-hmm. we have an idea and mm-hmm. a smattering of bullet points, but in six months, we might actually have a proposed gameplay system. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, so I've got a question for you, fellas, before, before we move on. Um, we are at 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. I could give us another news article do that is a talk, talking point, and we could just do a news day Sunday and screw the yep. topic. Till Let's do it. Ha-ha, tricked everybody. Fooled <laughs> you on Facebooks and Twitters and whatnots. We're, doing, we're going – it's all full bore on news. Well, since I didn't even know what the heck we were going to talk about at all today, I didn't. I didn't even allude to anything in any of the notifications that I put oh, out. That's good fair. Job. Good job. It's like good job. 
because it's uh, on the it's on the Twitter notification. I think so. It's, 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 it got well, broadcast out to the Facebook. Because here here's like when we talked about this episode what last week, mm-hmm. Zach said, "Oh, well, I'm not sure what we're going to do. We might have a guest, yes, or or we might not." And it's like, and that's all he told even us. So it's like. Well, I didn't. Yeah, and, so who's yeah. who's the guest? <laughs> yeah, I did like not say I don't know. I did not say I don't know. It's like we, I, we might have one. I don't know. That's not how that happened. That's I did. Totally I did say happened. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, here, let me do this. Uh, so the other news article that I wanted to talk about, um, and I think it could just. I, I'm not sure where we'll where we'll branch off from it, but I'm sure we'll find something. Um, I'm gonna post a link here in chat again. Uh, we got to see the first spreads and an announced date. I think it's May the 4th, maybe May the 6th for the Blade Runner RPG. Mm-hmm. Um, May 3rd, May 3rd is the release date for this. Uh, and here's where I came down. Um, First of all, the book looks gorgeous. We got to see the page spread. It shows a lot of art, and then it shows the inspector uh, class, I guess you would call yes. it. Yeah. Um, and you play as Blade Runners, right? Here's what I settled on. I really want to play this game. Uh, I guess they, they're they called archetypes. Um, the archetypes, yeah. <clears throat> is there a point at which a movie or a story is um, too streamlined for a full RPG. Like there's not enough mythology to actually build an entire campaign, like to to create the, the, like the nuts and bolts of what you need to build a campaign. Maybe there's just not enough there. Right, so there's like a, a lot of conjecture and. Well, what do you think? What is that? Like, what do you think about that? Yeah, because if you if you just take the movies, the, the Blade Runner movies, that's a very shallow I, world yeah. to play it. They're character pieces because right? it's just yeah, because you just you're just looking at it through a specific window. Mm-hmm. You have to have, I would say, to make this a, a real. So, something to really explore, you'd have to flesh it out quite a bit. Almost like, okay, let's go back to Dune. Because honestly, yeah. the same can be said for Dune. Because one of the things that, you know, that John and I had that struggled with when Zach showed us the, the system was the, the combat. Mm-hmm. And the argument has been brought up several times that, well, Dune is not a combat-centered game. Mm-hmm. And I say you're wrong because the only thing you're referencing, you're, the only the only thing that you're using as a basis for that comment or for that belief is what you've been shown of Dune. We're not playing the movie. We're not playing the books. We're playing in this in this created world, which it talks about. <laughs> <laughs> the Sardi car going yes. out and so, leveling planets yes. and all this stuff. So there is combat. There, you yes. know, so there's more. It's to more it about the style just, of it, right? Mm-hmm. It's 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 the spirit of a Dune story, right? That yes. and and you're yes. you're right. You're absolutely right that like there's a million combats happening all over the Imperium oh. at any given time, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's kind of like when we were talking about one ring where I said like the, the pitch of one ring, the pitch of any middle earth feel is that it should feel like noble and epic and uh, you know, clean yeah. in some ways. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the combat system of one ring, I think tries to emulate that. Um, and I think the same is true with Dune where it says the feel that we want is heavy mm-hmm. on, you know, politics and intrigue and espionage and things like that. We want combat in there, but we want all these other things to carry just as much or more weight. Um, and so we designed the system. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. 
Um, Dune and Bear Droid, uh, rightly so, got he, he got his hackles raised. I think initially <laughs> when he wants you would be he wants it to be very clearly stated that there are dozens of Dune books full of mythology. Yes. Um, yeah, I think I think we got yeah. there. Um, that yeah, by, said, com- the, by comparison, we have two movies, right? Well, and we have a co- uh, yeah. Are you talking about Blade Runner now, John? Blade Runner, yeah. For okay, two, yeah, we have two films two that films are character that can... pieces that are very tunnel visioned yes. into a particular, not even necessarily yes. well, a segment. Yes, but like it is a tunnel. All your like everything is within the scope of what's going on with the characters, and yep. nothing else that goes on beyond that. So there's like, how do you build off of something that yeah. is such a personal piece? And Bear Droid saying we have a mini series um, for Blade Runner, and we, that's that's kind of tertiary and we have a comic book mini oh, okay. short run. I didn't realize it was right. a comic. But, I knew about the mini series though. But but the But is that kind of quote unquote the, considered canon or is that what they're actually drawing from to build canon, it or loose canon, I think is the right like way extended to say universe that. Canon, type stuff. Canon adjacent. Yeah, canon, canon adjacent. <laughs> canon yeah. parallel. <laughs> um but yeah, like when so so I, I where I would settle though is when I think of Blade Runner, I think you think of that core initial book uh book mm-hmm. slash movie and then if you're moderately accepting of things you'll add in the new movie right 2049 mm-hmm. adding in anything else is for the diehard fan right we mm-hmm. talked with uh, our friend andrew hindenburg friend of the show uh a while mm-hmm. back about alien right and i'm like there's the alien movies then there's like the side alien movies that that people don't really care about. Like a lot of people are just like Alien One, Two, and Three are where it's at. And even if you talk about Prometheus or whatnot, like, that's not my Alien, right? But Andrew's like, I've read all the novels and all the graphic novels. Mm-hmm. That's that's for the diehard. The mm-hmm. average person is not that, right? The the lark and and the universe is not built on that. The universe is built on that. this is built around one maybe two movies that both center around a uh, 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 inspector and like you said, John, a character piece. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here and I'm like, all right, maybe you could convince me that by the time you give me a setting, you give me some companies, you give me some archetypes, you give me some replicas some replicants um, mm. and a few other things. Maybe you can fill a moderately sized core book. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing though. I, I, having watched both of the films, what else do you do? Like, That's if, what I'm asking. I, okay. Like Blade, is Blade Runner, the, the like if, they, if, the, if they're slapping Blade Runner as the title, obviously they would, you know, but like what else do you do other than go and hunt down replicants? And, right. that, and that's we, it, or is there more to it than that? That seems it, pretty two dimensional in regards to like a, a narrative that you generate. Yeah, it, it, considering it, how much you have to work with, like to, well, to kind of form it, it goes back to if that's all you're doing, it's going to be a hard pass for me. Mm. I won't, I won't buy it because, mm. that, yeah, I'll play it. I, I would play in somebody's game if they ran it, but I'm not going to go and buy it if all it is is you're a you're a Blade Runner, you're going after replicants. Big mm-hmm. What I want to do is let me play a replicant at the Tannhauser Gates. Let me <laughs> let me do some of the things that get talked about. You know the that are that are outside the tunnel that we get to see because yeah. I mean that's what well, really and, and it's already said that every that player story. character is going to be a Blade Runner. It's going to be in like some form of a person whose job it is to hunt down replicants that's mm. as i understand it that's the game you are a blade runner mm. um I, I i think the alien rpg has a similar flaw that they have yet to rectify it's not a flaw in the sense of what they've already put out so far i love that we have a uh, a colonial marines book i love cinematic mode i love encountering xenomorphs as soon as you step away from xenomorphs who mm-hmm. gives a rat's ass about the alien universe? Mm. Well, right. and that's that's where I think that they could because uh, the alien universe and the the Blade Runner universes touch one another. They're 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 supposed to be yes. in the same universe. Yes. So, but we've got it's like the you're 
they've, there's a peanut butter cup in all of this, but they've keep all the peanut butter and chocolate separated from one another so far in the products. So they don't really talk about, unless they're going to talk about one another in Blade Runner I don't more, right? I don't think that there's a crossover that's built out in yeah, there. Well, they're, they're, they're separated by time. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. yeah, that's true. You're right. Um, so it'd be weird if they talked more than just in, in Easter egg references, mm-hmm. but like, like I don't want to play, maybe it is me, but I don't want to play a, an alien game where we play a space truckers mm-hmm. mining and dealing with the company screwing us over. Like that's an element, but if I want to play an alien game, I want to encounter xenomorphs. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to play an entire campaign that is about that. As long as it's about Xenomorphs, I'm probably not going to play for 20 years right, in the Alien RPG. But I'm, I would love to play a, a campaign in that, right? But I want it to be around Xenomorphs. That's why I mm. want to play Alien. In the same way, I like the idea of Blade Runner. And I like the idea of being an inspector and hunting down replicants. That's cool. I think there's even less there, though, than there is an alien mm-hmm. to build on. And I think that Free League is already have, my opinion, they may have 30 books in the hopper. I think they're already having trouble fleshing out the setting of Alien. Mm. That core book, which came out uh, a few years ago at this point, right? Two years ago, mm-hmm. two and a half years ago, three years ago, somewhere in there states in the opening pages that there will be a whole book dedicated to trucking the galaxy space truckers. I'm like, they're like, we're going to have a Marine book. We're going to have a trucker book and we're going to have a something else book. I can't remember. And those are going to be the types of campaigns you can play. I'm like, I don't see in, in any way how you give me a whole book around space trucking. Hmm. Because then, that's, what, then that's becomes, why the, that's what the colonial marines when came out first. Yeah, they're probably right. still sitting there scratching their heads about what, how the hell they're going to yeah. do that. Well, then it becomes, you know, what makes that different than the expanse at that point? If you take xenomorphs out of the alien universe, yeah, what do you have? You have uh, the inner worlds that that are that are making all the money. You've got the space truckers, a la the belters. That are out there trying to make a living. Yeah, You've and got the expanse has more setting built into it. Yeah, by and default. So, and so it's no that that's the one problem with taking these. And I think this is probably basically the crux of the conversation here. Is that's the problem with taking these movie franchises or whatever and creating a game around them mm-hmm. because there's got to be more to it. That's why to me, I would say that mothership is superior to alien in this sense, because mothership doesn't assume, Oh, the big bad Mm. is xenomorphs. Mothership is, Hey, weird stuff happens in space. Well, it's a difference between concepts. I think that's the, I think that's the differential. I don't, because there are other, franchises that you could go to with movies to where you don't have to have everything fleshed out down to the bone down to the bones of it in order for it to work. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted there are dozens and dozens, hundreds of star Wars books out there, but the concept that's presented in the films, the first three are enough to build more than enough adventures out of it because the concept is so high where the stakes are at. It, it pulls out far enough into like at a, at a certain level to where you don't have to worry about all the, the, this is just one thing that happened in this full, this conflict, this intergalactic conflict that's happening in star Wars, or you can even go their broader, uh, like things that are easier to, to attach to like, well, I'll use another Lucas arts or another Lucas film, but like, like uh, Indiana Jones, right? You've got pulp comics that you can go back to. You got pulp fiction that you can go back to. You can go. And it's like, the concept is, is broad enough of treasure hunters, artifact seekers. There's a supernatural element. There's a, like a mystical religious element to it and things like that. Like, I really think that that's part of it. Whereas with like, like we've said with, with Blade Runner, it's very narrow in scope. There's like, there's nothing that's really said about the state of the world beyond what you see when you're walking down an alleyway and the vendors and stuff like that. Right. 
Bear Droid is hitting it on the head in chat. You with certain systems like Mothership, you can drop mm-hmm. a Xenomorph in Mothership and it works just fine. Nobody cares. Sure. But you can't put a crate dragon in alien, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And you wouldn't want to because the thing that you want about alien is for it to feel like alien. And the minute you remove xenomorphs, it doesn't feel like alien anymore. Right. Right. Um, and yeah, because nobody's what- going to watch an alien show that is about Nostromo two that actually does do mining. And gets it back to the company, and they get shorted on this. And that's that. why this mm-hmm. stupid movie that's theoretically taking place on Earth and the alien mythos before any aliens are discovered is such a dumb idea. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm just like, I'm going to buy this book. I'm going to love this book. Right? Mm-hmm. This is nothing to do with me. In any way, hating the concept of Blade Runner book. I'm just buying it, believing that we're probably going to get the book, a GM screen. Mm-hmm. And an adventure. At, at adventure. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be about it. Because we're gonna, they're going to struggle to come up. In my mind, they're going to struggle to come up with a bunch of stuff. You know, maybe they're like, here's a book full of planets and stations and things that you can drop in and hunt replicants there. Like, Maybe you get something like that, but I don't see them just like. <sighs> Here's something to consider, though. Is there anything wrong with that? No, no. no I'm not saying that there is. I'm, I'm yeah. just saying, like, just for for everybody else out there that's listening, it's like yeah. maybe that's all it ever needs to be. It's like I don't want maybe like I love Blade Runner. Like, unless you're like a super super diehard fan, like you said to your to your point, like I've read the comics. I've watched the miniseries. I've wrote my own fans fan fiction. I read yeah. other people's fan fiction. I'm super. That person doesn't need another bunch of books. It's the person that has watched the movies. And it's like, oh, what a cool idea and a concept being a Blade Runner. I want to do that thing. And they run, they pay the 50 bucks or however much it is to get the core book, which has got some adventure stuff in there. And 50 bucks is enough to play, I don't know, five, 10 sessions or something like that in there. And then they... Yep, good to go. I got that out of my system. I feel good about it. I, I was a Blade Runner for a while. Yeah. I'm going to move on to Alien. Let's go fight some mm-hmm. Xenomorphs. And then you kind of like hop, skip, and jump around. And that's essentially what movies really are, right? It's like it is this palletized, single-serving enjoyment of a genre or a story or something like that that you kind of like noodle around in for a little bit, and then you move on to the next thing. They're not these grand, sweeping, campaign-based yeah. tales, you know? Bear Not Droid, always. We're gonna. This is gonna be one of those episodes that Bear Troy messages us in Discord. It's like I was talking so about the fourth, the fourth, uh, the <laughs> fourth host, fourth Beetle. Um, uh, is saying that Free League's pool is shallow, or is a bunch of shallow pool, a bunch of shallow pools where Wizard of the Coast is one pool that's super mm-hmm. deep. I think that's largely accurate, but it could. I think they're improving on that somewhat, right? Like. I think, yeah, like they picked up some properties that I don't think will ever get super deep. Yeah. But then, like, I think Vossen has within it the capabilities of being a very deep property. Oh, yeah. I think Simbarum is already very deep. But again, it's one of those things where it's not tied to a single tail. It's It's like it's 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 specifically built around here is the. Here is a maybe a tale, but here are all these other tales that are going on. And this is the world that you're. Mm-hmm. It's a setting. You know, yeah. it's, it is a setting, and the author is tied directly to making more content like that, or they're they have the freedom to be able to create content without getting like slapped down by a fan base that's saying that's not in the comics, that's not in the movie. Yeah. You know, you don't have them screeching from the from the rafters whenever there are changes yeah. that are made in there to accommodate. The, the different form of media that it's coming in. Yeah. 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 So I, I kind of want to turn the, the discussion just a little bit. Sure. So we've got, we've got alien kind of a shallow pool. We've got blade runner, a shallow pool. What IP out there could you tap into that already hasn't been tapped into and create a game system around it? To where you're not tied to playing a replicant hunter or xenomorphs always having to be the the main bads in the story. What IP out there that we know of, one movie, a TV show, whatever it might be, 
I think we've said it already. There's one that's like a huge miss already. Is the Harry Potter uh, series? Like the fact that it had mm-hmm. that hasn't been thrown into an RPG is crazy to me. Very much like so. there's there's so much lore that's already in the seven books, the yeah. seven books, and now you got extra movies that are coming out. You got the you know you got the the ancillary books that came out that Rowling put together. You've got comic books. You've got the what is it the uh, Pottermore, mm-hmm. which is even more pot. Like there's like there's world upon world upon world that's put in there, and it's pretty deep. The there's pool is pretty morning. deep there. What's that? There's Ilvermorny, there's uh, Bobaton, there's uh, Lestrang, all the different oh, these schools. Are the different schools that yeah, you yeah, can go yeah. to. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stuff. And yeah, everybody could be a Is wizard, everybody but a they wizard don't have to or, be. Or are you Fantastic profe- Beasts? You can be a professor or a class. Uh, go ahead, sorry, Troy. The F- Fantastic Beasts. The movie is the Fantastic Beasts. One of the main characters is a muggle. Mm-hmm. And that plays difficult. really well. It'd be it, difficult. It, it, it for would it be. There, it would but, be. But yeah. it's, to but be a muggle, they got yeah. guns. They got guns. They yeah. got sciency type stuff that they could use. They got cell phones. It's I like, don't think. Like, no, John, you're missing the point. You're missing the point. We're gonna play Harry Potter, John, mm-hmm. and you uh, are gonna be a. You're gonna be a dude. I'm gonna carry a With shotgun a around. Dude. That's no, what I'm gonna do. Nobody, nobody a wand. wants dude. to do that. When Guardian Levios, this friend. <laughs> No, no one would want that. <laughs> no, no, I know exactly what you mean. It's like, why would I want if I'm playing Hellboy? Why would I want to play some schmo agent? You know, I don't know. No, I, I want to be the dude with the whammy for a hand. That's that's what I want well, to do. I want to be with somebody that's like that's able to hurl light uh, uh, fireballs or whatever. Right now, you you could be you could be someone who had always thought they were just a person, but had never got their letter. And went to school to become a mm. full blown wizard, kind of a thing. So you could you could think you were a muggle, and be one of those like wizard to a sorcerer in D anD. d It's like mm. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just like wa- waving my arms, and stuff happens. But mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I mean, I'll, if we're if we're talking about that, um, somebody in chat is saying Doctor Who. I'm going to go I, ahead and say Mad Max. Mad Max would work. Uh, one of my all-time favorite movies, The Princess Bride. Uh, have, I don't know you, about that. You, really? Because you could have you could have the Dread Pirate Roberts in your story talking. You know, you could you could you could uh, you find out what goes on in Gilder. You don't have to be the Man in Black. You don't have to be. Inigo Montoya. I'm going to remove myself from that conversation because I like that's definitely an aspect of like I I care so little about that series that um, like just to go deeper than the than, than the shallow pool is. Something and I like, let you play that board game at Winter mm-hmm, Fantasy, mm-hmm, you bastard! Mm-hmm. <laughs> you bet. you're dead to me. I have no but, Zach. Yeah. I mean, you know, because to me, the story of the story of the Princess Bride could actually probably be set in mm-hmm. like any D D world. Yeah, totally. That's all that's what yeah. I was getting at. It's like it's very it's like fantasy so, generic with like Yeah, it's fantasy generic enough that you know that there's other stuff going on. Where does where do people like Fezzik come from? You know, are there right. other giant people? All this kind of all this kind of stuff. So I'm not saying it would make a good RPG <laughs> setting. I'm saying you could yeah. use it. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. You could use way. that. Totally. Yeah. So yeah, I um, mean but I mean, other there's other stuff that's out there. I think you know you've already seen some stuff that's that has worked, like the, the Ninja Turtles RPG that worked, GI Joe, a lot of the cartoons, that kind of stuff like that. You could probably probably pull something in. You have to have more like, than just a two hour film. Like, well, I think I that's probably like I, oh. this isn't one for me, but like Pokemon or something like that. I think would be a good oh, RPG for a lot of people. Bear Droid, you beautiful bastard. <gasps> Yeah, yes. you know what? I don't care that there's more. There isn't more. You gotta say it for the podcast, fellas. You okay, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead, big, big trouble in Little China. Oh, buddy, no more shit, Jack, Jack Burton. <laughs> but you, and you don't have to be. That's what's cool. And supposedly, supposedly, there is another movie coming. Yes, but it's it's already. It's already has its uh, its troubles that that are not in Little China. 
I've heard that uh, John Carpenter's not happy about what they're doing with it. Oh, and really? I need his blessing, or I'm not going to be happy with it either, probably. I don't know. But he's grumpy, I, so whatever. He's gr- he's very grumpy. Oh, Craig, yes. Yes, yes. The, the Stephen King universe. universe. Like the Castle Rock. Like every, everything is bound together in one unified world, like a, a cinematic universe. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. There's a lot you can do in there. Like the mm. different supernatural, science fiction, mostly supernatural. I mean, like that, that the, element. just the setting of the stand, you could tell so many different stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good call. I like that. Hmm. That was fun. I like that. It's a good, a good mental exercise. Trying to come up. But then again, some of this stuff is like, would you run into this, a similar issue with some of these, right? Or yeah. I think Craig even said, do you need a system for many of these? Probably not. No. You could probably like block yourself into some of the other systems that are already out there and just make a, ta- a story that's like it or in the sa- in that world using a lot of the, the existing systems. I don't think you have to create anything brand oh, new. Oh, here's one. This is going to be a little bit different. Um, so I'm a, defen- I'm a defender nope. of the uh, Destiny video game mm-hmm. as a concept. I think there's a really good RPG in there that would be really, really mm-hmm. cool. Because you play as a Guardian... Yeah. which is basically Master Chief, Halo, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's in teams, so it's already got the party aesthetic. There's already like six different types of species of enemy creatures, and there's all sorts of planets and stations. Like the universe, the setting is already there and lush, full of variety, and you already have a billion different uh, problems that are arising. Um you know, things that campaigns that you could play, basically. I think there's a really good RPG in there because it's already an RPG over in the video game space. You just got to port it over and you're good to go. And that's probably true with a lot of video games, right? Like this, this Elden Ring thing that just came out probably would make a halfway decent RPG, but I'm sure there are like more than enough. The actual, the RPGs that are already RPGs would probably make good RPGs. Even some of the some of the near RPGs, even like you could make a, a Legend of Zelda RPG. I'm sure you could do Final Fantasy. You could do, you know, was it uh, not Dragon Warrior, uh, Dragon Quest, or Dragon all that Age. good stuff? Yeah, Dragon Age. Yeah, exactly. There's enough stuff that's in there. Golden Girls. Where you've got you can work off Craig, of yeah. Craig, 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 Golden TV, Girls RPG TV show. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Now, do you have to play as one of the Golden Girls? I mean, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you be the golden girl? I want to be. I think I'd want to be Dorothy. Dorothy. Dorothy seems the one that would just like just kick the most ass in that group. Out of she's all a of barbarian. Mm, paladin. I'd go paladin. She's Dorothy. a paladin. I think so. Yeah. My well, daughter. My oldest daughter needs to hear this. This podcast. It's dedicated now. It's now dedicated to Jasmine. <laughs> that like she's like super super into the into Golden Girls. That's then I can't get her to play D anD D with me anymore. So. Please. So, believe it or not, that was all built around the Blade Runner news. Uh, Blade yeah, Runner right. RPG news. <laughs> um, but I knew we were going to dive into it's, that pretty It's heavily. amazing what we can do with just a little bit of, a little tidbit That's of right. information. That's right. Well, I think, fellas, that was a pretty decent episode just around news and pretty fitting for a Sunday to have a one off episode. Yeah, just Is there anything else that topic. we need to go over? No, I don't think so. I think we got our topic for Tuesday, though. <laughs> Just carry that over. Wait a minute. Do we? Or do we have something else already in the hopper? True. Do we have something in the hopper? I don't have anything in the hopper. I don't either. Troy's like going to be sideways. I'm, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just waiting. Yeah. No. No. We'll, no. no. we'll figure it out. Is there a guest that won't be here? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, no, for... Uh, <laughs> For uh, chat's benefit and for our podcast listeners, we had a guest lined up for tonight, but then Zach was gone all weekend and the guest ended up being confused last minute on time slash date and I was not available to correct them. And so kind of cross paths, but I said, hey, don't worry about, you know, trying to, you know, change something last second. So not their fault, not really anybody's fault, just a wire got crossed and we'll get them on. Uh, just not right away. And then, and then we'll then we'll spend your money, Craig. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. 
All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up then. Uh, let me go ahead and thank Craig and Bear Droid and Girk for hanging out in the uh, in the chat with us. Who else do we have in there? We have Have This 2. We have Oax 2. We have Capsips. We have Midsoon. We have Orthodox. We have We Love Marbles. And, um, and It's uh, the Fritz. Yeah, It's the Fritz, yeah. Awesome. It is the Fritz. And uh, then we have Gabriel moderating for us. Thanks for thanks for keeping chat lively. Yeah, didn't have funny. to ban anybody this time. That's right. Yeah. Kept the hammer holstered. Well done, boy. Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, I guess we'll uh, see everybody Tuesday then. All yep. right. Sounds good. Play great games, everybody. And stay strafe out there. Shut up, Troy. Man, I was like in my mind. <laughs> Shut up. Hey everyone, thank you for listening. If you like this episode and you want to continue the conversation with us, like, go ahead I talked to my wife about it. Like, I don't know what's wrong with There's mouth. a link in the show I'm notes. Stop working, you can man. always shoot us a message like, on I'm, Facebook like, to get a link there as stay, well. Stay stay uh, while yeah, you're stay, at stay, it, if you wouldn't mind, give us a like on Facebook. Give us a subscription over here on your podcast feed. Give us a review and some stars while you're at it. That would be awesome. That's the way we get in front of more people. And if you want to watch a live show, we're live almost every Sunday and Tuesday on Twitch and YouTube. And you can find links to all of that right there in the Discord. We'll see you next time. Yeah, John's in the mirror going, red, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, <laughs> yellow leather. The invisible man went to the bank for a loan. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thanks, everybody. <laughs>